This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome and good afternoon and welcome to this special edition of Fight Back. Her name was Evangeline LaRosa. She was 54 years old when she was killed by a cement truck while trying to cross the street at Young and Erskine. That's a residential neighborhood. There was a sign clearly marked with the words, no trucks. Evangeline immigrated to Canada from the Philippines with her sister. Her church community was her family. At the Precious Blood of Christ Church, they remember her as a very dedicated volunteer who was their lead guitarist, the leader of the instrumentalists. She is remembered as a very happy person. And this time, some city leaders are not allowing this to go by with the usual platitudes about taking care, paying attention, sharing the roads. In the wake of the crash, councillors Mike Cole, Jay Robinson, and Josh Matlow are calling on the city to improve pedestrian safety immediately around all major construction sites. Cole likens construction in this particular area, the Young Eglinton neighborhood, to a, quote, nonstop invasion, and he wants a pause in development in the neighborhood until the roads in the area are made safe. Now, just in case you're not sure what we're talking about, we are talking about the Eglinton Crosstown, and we're talking about massive condo developments. Is this a practical idea? What do you think of it? Would you like to see a pause in development around where you live? The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And as I said, we are going to look at this in detail with many different perspectives. And we start with Councillor Mike Cole for Ward 8, Eglinton Lawrence, and Josh Matlow for Ward 12, Toronto, St. Paul's. Welcome. Thanks for being with us. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for the uh, interest and concern, Ms. Uh, Libby. Okay, and Josh, are you thank there? You, Libby. I am. Well, thank you for having us on. Okay, let's uh, start with uh, Mike Cole. This happened right in your neighborhood, uh, and you are calling for a pause in construction. How practical is that? Well, I think what, what it really signals, Libby, is that it's not. As you said, the normal platitudes here, uh, we've got to do something uh, effective and dramatic and quick uh, because uh, this has gone on uh, long enough. And this is sort of the uh, crossing of the uh, line here with what's happened because, you know, earlier this year I had a, another uh, constituent uh, run over by a dump truck uh, up there on uh, Lawrence Avenue. So. We need to do something that uh, is comprehensive. It just isn't one street, or it just isn't uh, Josh's ward or my ward. Uh, the, it's the three wards that uh, but uh, Young and Eglinton. We are all, uh, as I said, invaded by uh, the, these construction uh, 
heavy-duty trucks, uh, you know, lined up 10 at a time. We've got, as you said, we also have uh, this mammoth uh, Eglinton Crosstown project, along with all these, you know, condos, which are going from uh, 20 stories to 70 stories. So we need to put in some kind of uh, uh, traffic uh, management safety plan uh, right away with the police, with the transportation department, with the uh, developers. We got to come to the table and put something together. Uh, uh, and we cannot, uh, you know, continue to uh, put band-aids on this. We need something comprehensive for the uh, four corners. Okay, uh, Josh Matlow, you're in the neighboring ward in St. Paul's. Full disclosure, I live there. There is also a lot of construction there. What do you see in your ward? Well, certainly, uh, and then not a, not not alone at Young and Eglinton, but uh, but most of all at Young and Eglinton, given that it's a provincially designated growth uh, center, that we see. Um, an unprecedented level of condo development. Um, and, you know, w- without some of the basics that we believe, Mike and, and Jay Robinson, I believe, along with our, our residents, uh, should be, be there to protect our quality of life and our public safety. Um, you know, the reason that the three of us have been asking for a pause on development for many years, along with safety, is that um, uh, the, the, the pace of growth has gone faster than uh, the uh, the ability for for government to provide adequate capacity for school spaces and transit uh, and parks uh, and and basic infrastructure like water capacity to keep up with that pace of growth. What we've also seen is a lot of frustration, and what's been building up in the Young and Eglinton area is that uh, uh, there is uh, there are drivers who are waiting endlessly through the construction who become aggressive. And uh, speed where they want to speed because they they're trying to get away from that uh, that that mess. The problem is is that far too many drivers across the city don't always recognize that you know the, the people walking around them or in front of them are not just obstructions. These are people who somebody somebody loves. They're they're somebody's daughter or son or sister or brother or friend, uh, as Evangeline was. And uh, you know if 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 all of us don't slow down more people are going to die. That's just a fact. And we have to address the problem, both through behavioral changes individually, but collectively, we need to move forward with real, genuine Vision Zero implementation to redesign and reconfigure roads. And I gave the example yesterday when Mike Jay and I got together with, with residents. Um, in, in 53 Division, one of the police divisions where Young and Eglinton is, for example, that goes all the way from Lawrence down to Bloor, Thorncliffe Park, all the way to Spadina. The police only allocate two traffic cops to enforce the Highway Traffic Act, which is 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 just ridiculous. It's insufficient, and 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 far too many drivers uh, believe that they're not going to get caught and there are no consequences, and they're probably right. So, uh, you know, we've we've decreased the speed on uh, the the speed limits from I moved a motion years ago uh, to moving from 40 to 30. Uh, There are, you know, certain things that have been done. But Mike and I are on the same page, along with Jay, that there should be a plan up front before any development is built to to not just focus on what they want to build, but most importantly, how are they going to do it and how are they going to do it safely? And that needs to be a comprehensive approach in neighborhoods like Young, Young and Eglinton. And I would also add areas of the downtown core and North York and wherever 
uh, construction is 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 massive, and to the extent uh, that we see in urban growth centers. Uh, Michael, I I want to address the particular problem of trucks because we have seen quite a number of fatalities by trucks. I, I, and I mean, this is not in the same universe, but I, I want to even just talk about something that happened right in front of my house. There's a, a house two doors down that's getting massive renovations. There was a very, very large truck there. Somebody came to visit me in, a, you know, a, it was a, either a four by four or a big van, a, 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 tr- a, a truck you couldn't miss. And thank goodness he wasn't in the car. But this guy just kind of backed into him. Like, I don't even know, like, was he not looking or couldn't see? But these, these, uh, these vehicles, can be a real menace. So what do you want to do to address particularly these large trucks in these residential places? Well, first of all, there's got to be a uh, awakening here whereby it's not normal traffic control. This is hyper truck uh, traffic through residential streets, which can hardly handle the regular vehicles. Uh, so therefore, given the uh, historical proportions of development that's taking place at the four corners down in Eglinton, we've got to put in a plan that basically addresses a number of things. First of all, truck drivers who drive big cement trucks and drive dump trucks, bulldozers, they need to have special training of how to handle these vehicles safely through the middle of uh, one of the most congested areas in, in uh, Canada. They don't have that special training. They may be good truck drivers on the highway, etc. They, they may be very trained professionals, but they need to be trained in how to drive safely and do their work safely. Right now, there is no special uh, training for that. And uh, secondly, there needs to be a cooperative uh, approach whereby it's the developers who uh, have hired these uh, truck drivers. It's the police, as uh, Josh has mentioned, who uh, can't treat this just as another neighborhood. They need special resources assigned to the four corners there, where there is uh, enforcement of the speed limits, of the parking uh, restrictions. Uh, Right now, the police uh, are not there in great numbers because, as you know, they're already dealing with so many things, but we need that. Pardon me? Yeah, exactly. They're they're not there. Uh, You know, uh, we've got the the mayor put in some more cameras, uh, some more technology. Do you think technology can can solve this? Well, we're we're waiting. One at a time. Sorry? Sorry. Mike, Mike, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, yeah, Josh, as you know, we have been asking, the city's been asking for simple camera technology around school zones for two and a half years, and they're still sitting on the legislation. Uh, This is one simple part of the solution, is to have more cameras, like we had them for red light cameras, yet it's taken two and a half years to basically give us simple red light camera technology around schools. We can't get that done because the province has to check out everything, go back and forth, the bureaucratic slowdown just to get one piece of technology that could help. But that we are we are getting more cameras in, in trouble areas for shooting, so, and that happened pretty quickly. Well, yeah, we, we we're getting that, those, uh, but on the other hand, there's nothing uh, really on a wide scale, a comprehensive scale, 
uh, used for uh, making neighborhood streets safer, whether it be school zone, senior zone, or high construction areas like this. There should be cameras deployed. So, because you can't have a police officer at every corner, but the cameras being there is another way of helping uh, as we need to do other things. But that's one piece of it that we need done yesterday. Uh, may, may, I, Josh- may, I, may I add, may I add uh, Libby, um, uh, study after study internationally uh, uh, demonstrates that, that in fact, uh, cameras are, are not actually that helpful when it comes to uh, uh, violent uh, crime, but, but can be helpful. Uh, when it comes to um, uh, um, uh, everything from car break-ins uh, to uh, you know kind of car-related uh, crimes, and certainly red light cameras um, uh, can be a helpful preventative tool uh, to to just even send a message uh, to to drivers that you know that even if you don't care about other people, if you care about yourself, if you care about your own pocketbook or demerit points. Then you better start behaving better. And you know, I, I, if I may, I would even describe. You know, initially the description of what happened to Evangeline was that uh, was that a, a concrete truck uh, killed her. I would phrase it slightly differently: a driver of a concrete truck uh, killed her. I don't mean to say that he did it deliberately, but 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 we can all make better decisions about how we drive. Uh, 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 to more carefully and slower, uh, uh, so that we don't uh, uh, run over people with these massive machines that we're operating. Uh, but 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 we have to make some changes. Okay, I have I have a question, uh, and I think Josh can take it first. And people who are waiting to get on, I am going to take your call. So please, uh, uh, you hang on and and listen. Hopefully, okay. So is this a problem where developers? have too much sway. We were also in a situation where the OMB was kind of sent away yes. from Toronto, but they are now coming back, back. and they generally let developers uh, willy-nilly on the other side of it. Everybody says we need to go with more uh, density here in Toronto. Uh, Josh, do you want to take that first? Um, uh, you, yes. I mean, the answer is yes. And Councillor uh, Robinson and myself and Councillor Cole, along with the community, um, uh, have uh, been you know, very supportive of a plan that we worked on for years called Midtown and Focus that wasn't sort of an anti or pro-development plan, but it was finally a plan that emphasized quality of life. So everything from, from traffic safety to school capacity to infrastructure to parks and public realm, et cetera. It was about child care. It was about improving the community so the development would support the quality of life rather than just developers making tons of money on luxury condos. When, when, uh, when Doug Ford and his government were elected, they changed, not only did they change the plan, they completely capitulated to the development industry lobby. And they made the whole plan one of the most developer-friendly land plan, land use plans in the entire continent. So now what we're, what we're concerned about is that, um, there is going to be this sort of, this, you know, more and more development happening without plans to make sure that it's done safely and that our quality of life will keep up with the pace of growth. So we're not saying we're, we're, it's not about being anti-development. We're just saying, at the very least, kids should have a place to go to school. People should be able to get onto the subway in the morning. People should be able to have a park to go to, near, to nearby. The tap should, tap should go on. The toilets should flush. And at the very least, you should be able to walk down the street and not fear that a massive concrete truck is going to be driven by somebody who's going to go over the sidewalk and hit you. 
is that what happened? He went over the sidewalk because... Well, we don't know all the details of what occurred in this particular situation, but what is very commonplace, I've seen it firsthand more than once, and, and you hear about it all the time at Young and Eglinton, is because the streets are, the streets were not uh, planned for uh, this extent of construction. They, they, were, you know, they were originally like, uh, you know, just small residential streets uh, that now found themselves in the heart of an urban growth center. But for these massive trucks to go through these narrow streets and they're trying to make these tight turns, it's commonplace for the back tires to go up on the curbs or them to cut across a corner to get around. And that's why I'm emphasizing the redesign and reconfiguration of streets, because as one of the tenets of Vision Zero, it's an internationally recognized practice of, of improving road safety, is along with the regulations and then, of course, the enforcement, which we have a dearth of, as I said earlier, the, the, the streets need to be designed in a way to mitigate even the possibility of the worst drivers doing the worst things. And, uh, and, and I think that is where we need to invest uh, substantively. Uh, and Mike, um, do you see the developers as a, a big part of the problem here? Well, they, they basically have been given a blank check to do whatever they want now uh, in Toronto and in Young and England. So if we think it's bad now, uh, it is going to be a hundred times worse given the, the uh, green light they've been given to go from, you know, there's one proposal they were going for uh, off uh, Young Street from 24 stories, they built 108, which gave the developers this green light. Now they want 41 stories. So uh, we are in a real crossroads here, uh, no pun intended, but we need to do something because uh, the challenges are even going to get worse. Okay. May, I add, may I add a yes. specific number just to help your listeners understand the, the enormity of this situation? Um, currently, there are roughly 19,000, 20,000 residents right just within a few blocks of, their, of the corner of the junction. It is, it is between what has been approved and what has been proposed. We're looking at that doubling over the next few years. The, 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 the neighborhood just can't take that enormity of growth. We're not saying no growth ever. We're just saying do it in a way that respects the safety and the quality of life of the community. And what it what the government has allowed is for, as as Mike said, this kind of you know uh, this this carte blanche to just build, 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 make tons of money, and then we've got to scramble to figure it out afterwards. That's just bad planning and bad public policy. Okay, I uh, I know that uh, Councillor Cole has to go. Uh, Josh Matlow, are you going to hang with us for a bit? I'd be happy to. Okay, uh, and uh, we are uh, going to bring in Councillor James Pasternak. Now, uh, I have to take a break, but I am going to take one of our callers uh, who's been waiting very patiently. We've got Sam in Toronto. Hi, Sam. Hey, Nadine, how are you? Uh, I make it short. I know it's a crowded day. I'm going to say like a few points. First of all, I talked to you a few weeks ago about the same thing, unregulated. This is a corporate-owned city, and they even hire cops, a police department, which is the second... uh, Construction companies are the second employers of the police department, basically. Let's admit it. And that's their lobby. And I was run over by a dump truck. Oh, my goodness. uh, Regardless of, of like, death that I see around my neighborhood in Forest Hill, Patterson Eglinton, just last year, a young Filipino lady was run over by a dump truck. And she got killed in like 6 a.m. And the guy said, I couldn't see it. Now, the same thing uh, over, over me. When I was making right turn on Richmond, the guy ran over my trunk, practically pressed my back. I got out of the car just in time. 
and he still couldn't notice me. I had to run away after oh the guy God. and catch the guy and say, what are you doing? And then he comes down and uh, he says, I couldn't see you. I couldn't see you. And the cop, the police guy, uh, officer who was there, he was minding, uh, he was working for the construction company at the same time for his company. And uh, he comes there. He was very tolerant uh, to him, you know, and he says, well, things like this happen and take it to this. Anyway, the bottom line is that dump trucks are keep, this is like a war zone. This is a war zone in Toronto on regulated construction all over the city. Uh, thanks, uh, you know, mainly to Doug Ford and, you know, a corporate friendly government. And pedestrians kept keep getting killed. And if it was anywhere else, there would have been some sort of a stoppage, as the councillor rightly points out. And uh, basically, they are unregulated. Uh, this is a danger, not only, not only the city, for the city and its uh, citizens, but for, as you said, you know, it's a very dense area that is getting denser and denser. And this is greed and capitalism. There is no other name for it. Okay, Sam. Capitalism and that's it. Sam, thank you very much for sharing your story. Um, that's uh, quite a devastating story. Uh, I appreciate your call very much. Thank you. Thank you. We are on the line with Josh Matlow, and I'd like to bring in Councillor James Pasternak, who is chair of the Infrastructure and Environment Committee. Councillor Pasternak, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Hi, Josh. Hi, Libby. Uh, so, Hi, uh, this this idea of, of putting a halt until some kind of something is put in, is, is that at all realistic? Well, I was a panelist uh, at a big conference that's taking place in Toronto uh, this week, the National Association of City Transportation Officials. And as a panelist, I explained to them that the number one issue that's coming across Council's desk these days is, is traffic management, traffic chaos, the lawlessness uh, on our roads. And when you combine that with declining infrastructure and increased uh, construction sites across the city, you're, you really are asking for, for high-risk situations. So it is, it is very serious. A moratorium on construction, I'm not sure that whether the city uh, has the legal means to do it and whether the courts will even uphold any kind of freeze on construction. So I don't know whether the legal tools are there. Uh, these applications went through the proper process, rightly or wrongly. Uh, they were approved. Uh, they did have a traffic and pedestrian safety plan attached to every site plan agreement. Whether there are holes in that, that's another part of the debate. There are holes in that. Uh, but to freeze development in a major intersection, I'm just not sure whether we have the legal tools to do it and whether the courts or the province would even uphold it. Uh, does anybody know if uh, the city's yeah, legal I, team has been consulted on this? Yeah, I, I can answer that. Uh, no, James uh, uh, is, is, is completely correct. Uh, the city uh, has no authority. Uh, to be able to put uh, a, a complete freeze on development in, in any area. Unless, of course, there, you know, th- there are specific cases where there can be holds put on specific developments, but there are, um, you know, legal terms for what that can be and how long it'll, it'll, it'll be for. Um, so we've, we've looked uh, into this for years. Um, in fact, as I said earlier, the Doug Ford government has gone the opposite direction rather than uh, you know, consider where there should be even reasonable pauses like what we've requested to allow for the infrastructure and the services to catch up uh, with the growth, along with uh, a focus on uh, uh, proactive traffic safety measures. They've, they've gone the other way. They've basically given the development industry lobbyists 
everything that they asked for and 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 supported the government for. So, yeah. um, so, but it doesn't mean that as as leaders and and local representatives, we shouldn't be calling for what we know to be right and and, and challenge those who have ignored the community for so long to listen. Other, and uh, that's the only way you 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 arrive at at, at the destination that you believe you should get to. Uh, James Pasternak, yeah. is there anything you yeah. think you could do? Yeah, so, I mean, there's only two mechanisms that I know of. There's an income control bylaw, which you can freeze development on a vacant site uh, for a year, and that can be renewed. And, of course, on an active uh, construction site, there's stop work orders. Uh, but I think we have to look uh, at some of the licensing uh, policies uh, governing uh, the, the drivers of these large uh, vehicles. And, you know, you need a knowledge and vision test every five years, no road test um, for those who have a Class D license to drive these uh, large vehicles. And only when you hit 80 years of age or older do you need an annual and a road test, an annual test and a road test. So... What, you're, are you telling me there are 80-year-old truck drivers? Well, I mean, I'm just telling you that's in the legislation. Okay. Uh, the other thing is, so we ha- you have to look at the front end of this problem. You have to look at who's behind the wheel of these vehicles. The other thing you have to look at is the technology of these vehicles and whether they have some of the new innovative uh, technology that many vehicles have as far as uh, alerting themselves to um, to any kind of um, obstacle behind them, in front of them, and so forth. Um, I mean, honestly, yeah. If if, if my little car can can make a very yeah. loud noise, if if a pedestrian walks in front of or in back of me, uh, I don't see why a big truck shouldn't have that. Well, that's right. So we have to look. Uh, we have to look at that. We have to look at the licensing requirements and renewal. Make them more frequent. Make them more vigorous. And we have to look at the manufacture of these vehicles uh, to make sure they they uh, they meet modern standards. Yeah, but that's not anything that's going to happen uh, anytime soon. No, these these are these are long term. Go ahead, Josh. Well, I, I, first of all, I, I concur with everything that James uh, just said. I, I, I thought uh, uh, James's uh, suggestions are are astute and, and incredibly thoughtful and and, and productive. Um, but it goes back to another challenge that we have as a city: is that not a single thing that James suggested is something that the city has any purview over. So it's once again uh, things that we would need to go to the province and and, and make requests or, or demands of. That's something that we really, you know, we need to continue engaging this province to to focus on, which has not been a priority for them yet. Right. Well, there's there's more work to do. I mean, one, one thing I put in my notes here, I noticed that uh, Pusateri's uh, up at Avenue Road and uh, Lawrence has, a, a, I assume, a paid duty officer directing traffic uh, in and out of their parking lot. And I'm, I'm wondering uh, why uh, uh, an upscale uh, grocery store is, is more in tune to uh, some of the safety requirements of their customers uh, as opposed to some of the managers of these construction sites. And uh, it's something that we, we have to have stronger penalties. We have to have greater enforcement. We have to take care of the things that are municipal jurisdiction. And if we have to ask for more powers from the province, I think we should do so. Okay, let's yeah. uh, let's take a call from uh, Rick in a Etobicoke. Hi, Rick. Hi, hi, folks. How are you today? Fine. Go okay. ahead. Now you gotta you gotta listen to me for a couple of minutes here. Oh, we... First of all, I want to tell you that the government itself, the MTO, they're not using their power. There's, I can name you right now five concrete companies 
that drivers are working 20 hours a day. You're only allowed to drive for 13. They should be going in and auditing their hour books, not their log books because they're juicing them. they got to go and check their wages and see how many hours they're getting paid for. That's number one. And there's five companies. And that accident that happened, that's one of the companies that are scamming, just forcing people to work, a driver like me, to go and work. And if I don't, I don't have a job. Second of all, dump trucks. Eighty percent of the dump trucks on the road are, are running illegal. And they're paid by the load. And if you don't hustle, you don't have a job. So it starts right from the top. And as far as this panel's talking about, the panel's a joke. Why don't they get somebody in there who knows what they're talking about? I've been driving for 43 years. I've never knocked a mirror off a truck. I go on the 401 yesterday, and I get people stopping in the middle of the highway, right in the middle, to exit the Don Valley Parkway, a last-minute exit. They should be nailing those people right and take their license off them, because those are the ones that are causing these accidents. And people are walking kitty corner. When I go to turn right, I take a lane and a half. I look to my right. There's nobody there. I look my left, make sure the way's clear. I start to go. I shift into third gear, and all of a sudden, this person jumps right out in front of you, a hundred feet from the intersection to beat the light. Okay, Rick, but you've got to you've, you've got to admit fast. that that you have a big responsibility if you're driving a truck. But they gotta. It's gotta start at the top. The government has to go and check. The hour books, not the log books, because the log books are juiced. Uh, Trust me. Oh, oh, well, okay, that's uh, that's quite the allegation. But thanks and for your call, Rick. Yeah, I think uh, Rick has some good points, but I think he's also confusing jurisdictions. Exactly. Uh, he's on a 400 series uh, highway with big trucks that are that are approved and licensed by the province, uh, uh, yelling at city councilors. Well. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. I, can, I can write a, a letter of introduction to his local MPP if he wishes, uh, but we've got to work with what's in our our jurisdiction. One, but one, he might. I mean, it, you know, if if it if if it's true that say the driver of that truck, uh, you know, was working beyond the allowable limit, that's something we have to consider. It's very you? serious. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I think I think you know, I. I what I certainly would agree with is that regardless of, uh, you know, whether it be uh, Councillor Pasternak or myself or, or Councillors Cole or Robinson uh, or members of provincial parliament who really do, as James said, you know, have, have purview over this, anyone who is engaging in this conversation should not ignore uh, members of the industry and, you know, and, and, and day-to-day drivers, and, and we should be seeking their advice as well, because if we want to make any reforms and changes, uh, we, we need to understand what you know practically what their realities are and how we can work with them uh, to to make those improvements uh, so you know i think if that's rick's point i i i you know i i, I validate that of course thank you so much councillor james pasternak and councillor josh matlow oh you're very welcome Okay, Thank I'm sure we 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 are talking about the young Eglinton area of Toronto, which has been described as a war zone, uh, just because of the numbers of huge construction equipment, huge construction vehicles. Following the death of Evangeline LaRosa, three city councillors are calling for a moratorium on construction in the area, and that means. Uh, construction of condos and constructions of the 
Eglinton Crosstown. And right now I would like to bring in Jamie Robinson, and he is the Director of Community Relations and Communications for Rapid Transit Projects at Metrolinx, and they, of course, are in charge of that construction. Jamie, thank you very much for joining us. I'll be pleased to uh, uh, speak with you. Well, what is your reaction to what you've been hearing and also the suggestion for a moratorium on this construction? So, so really obvious that um, uh, listening to your discussions with the councillors and uh, and your callers, this is a tremendously complex issue. Um, there's a lot of players involved. You know, with uh, there's developers, there's constructors, there's issues around trucks and drivers, and there's a lot of a lot of people that are involved in terms of trying to to regulate the space. You know, city staff, city councillors, and and Toronto Police, and and so we've all got to work together. Because as, as Councillor Matlow pointed out here, that you know we have to make sure that our, our communities are are as are as safe as they possibly can be, and we we, we all know that if there's if there's ever a uh, ever an interface between a truck and a driver, or sorry, a truck and a truck and a pedestrian, the the the, the truck truck's going to win every time. So um, it, it, one of the things that we know is that is that uh, that uh, Crosslinks Transit Solutions and and the who's our constructor on the Crosstown and the Crosstown itself it's it's the most and and highly regulated from a traffic uh, control point of view and and I think that we we've really set the standard uh, through our constructor for traffic safety in a, in a construction environment so safety is our is, a, is our number one priority and and let me give you a practical example Libby that because I know that uh, heard that you live in the area and uh, and so um, uh, one of the things that we have to our constructor has to do is uh, put together traffic management plans and uh, that get uh, reviewed and approved by the by the city. One of the things that that's included in those plans is, is particular uh, is haul routes. So uh, if you're living in the area, uh, as you know, that you can you can imagine our, our large construction site over at uh, Avenue Road and, and Eglinton for our Avenue Avenue site, um, and so uh, the haul route for for large vehicles down there uh, typically comes down Young Street. They go on to Duplex and they come further south, and then they turn uh, right or west on to uh, on Eglinton and and uh, and head over to uh, the construction site at Avenue Station. So all those haul routes are, are approved and and. By the city, and and if uh, if there are violations of those haul routes, then the, the drivers themselves will be disciplined. So we know that uh, we've had experiences, a number of experiences, with uh, uh, our localized engineers in the community, the residents that uh, and businesses that we work with all the time. When they see a truck that uh, looks a little big and uh, shouldn't be in the, uh, driving in the adjacent residential community, they'll uh, they'll uh, send me or my staff or Crosslink staff. Uh, uh, a picture and a text, and sort of say, "Hey, can you follow up on this?" And uh, uh, the constructor does, and and uh, and and drivers are are disciplined, and they're are no longer uh, they're taken off those routes because uh, it's tremendously important that the uh, that uh, we 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 maintain community safety as much as possible. So that's a practical example of of the kinds of things that 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 we're doing to both at Metrolinx and our constructor Crosslinks. And I'm not sure that the the other developers, the condominium developers, are same, subject to the same uh, regulations that uh, that uh, we are in terms of approved uh, truck routes. So you've got uh, the Crosstown, which is which is a huge, uh, massive construction project. We've been working on Eglinton since uh, since uh, spring of uh, uh, 20, 2012 when we began tunneling, and then since that time, there's been all you know a tremendous amount of development. There's all condos going up all over the place. 
You've got um, uh, people, the trucks that are driving in residential communities where they shouldn't be. You've got drivers of vehicles that are trying to avoid the congestion in these areas, driving in, in adjacent residential communities. And you've got people that uh, that uh, that are are at risk all the time. So it's it's a collective effort that we've really got to work to, together on to solve. Okay, so uh, basically you're saying that uh, the crosstown construction is not the problem, and you guys are 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 doing everything right. Uh, do I'm, I have I'm, that? That's your position. I, I, yeah, I'm saying that we are that we take this very very safely, as a, very very seriously, and, and that safety is the number one priority. I can say that uh, that after the incident uh, a couple of days ago, the, the president of, uh, of of Crosslinks and uh, and just a, a general reminder out to all staff uh, working on the sites that uh, how, how important this issue how how uh, has to be continue to be vigilant in terms of traffic setups and the and the like, uh, vigilant in terms of trucks hauling and making sure that they're only going down an approved uh, approved routes, and so that uh, I'm not saying that. Uh, uh, we're, 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 uh, we're, we, we do have an impact, obviously, because people are, are, are moving off the, off, in, off of Eglinton to avoid the construction to, to get there from point A to point B, uh, faster than they currently are. Okay. I'd like to bring in Councillor Jay Robinson. Uh, I'm assuming no relation to Jamie Robinson from Metrolinks. Hi, Jay. Hi, how are you, Libby? Fine, how are you? Jay, I'm Jay, great. Hope that should be related. Yeah, uh, we should be related. We work we work well together. Okay, well that's uh that is good to hear. Uh Councillor Robinson, you were saying uh you know, following this terrible crash that took the life of Evangeline LaRosa, uh that the truck was on a street that was clearly marked no trucks. Yeah, Libby, that amongst many other things. Um, this street has had special attention from the city because, as you may, I think you and I talked about this uh, some time ago, all the development happening at yeah. Young and Eglinton, including the development on Erskine beside John Fisher School. So it was meant to be 8 to 12 stories. It ended up being, thanks to the OMB, uh, 35 stories. And so we put in a whole bunch of safety regulations and applications on that street because of that building going up, literally um, overhanging almost uh, John Fisher School, a small grade school with small children. And so uh, not only is there no trucks allowed, um, literally on that street, uh, we also made it a community safety zone. Another thing you and I have talked about in the past, where I lifted the moratorium on those so we could roll those out across the city. Coupled with that, there's a school safety zone, meters from where this incident happened. It's, it's 30 kilometers and we often have, um, you know, uh, enforcement there because we've had such problems in this whole area, as you've heard over the last hour. And uh, so, you know, enough is enough. Like, uh, this is just crazy. This poor woman was in a crosswalk in the white-striped area and uh, simply crossing a street that I have crossed uh, 500 times, as have my family and friends and neighbors. So, you know, we live in this neighborhood and people want to feel safe. And she simply came out of, I think, the Starbucks uh, on the uh, one side was simply going across the street in the protected zone, a so-called protected zone, and lost her life. Uh, Do you agree with Jamie Robinson uh, that uh, the problem is not the Eglinton Crosstown construction and there's no need for a moratorium on that? 
Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I think I think that um, Metrolinx has had a tough challenge. So I'm the chair of the TTC, as you yeah. know, and we need to get this built. Uh, we're we're at capacity, uh, particularly in the Young Eglinton area, and we need to get transit built in the city. And they are heavily regulated on what they can do, and there's public meetings related to what they can do. So absolutely, we can't slow that down. Also, Libby, uh, you know, I think Jamie said this, but I'm going to reemphasize it. The people in Leaside and Davisville Village are suffering from infiltration from that develop that that build. And so, as Jamie indicated, people are not going on Eglinton; they're rerouting through neighborhoods. And so, we want that to end. We feel there will be when this when this is wrapped up. There'll be some relief from that infiltration, but uh, there is so much development in that area; it's just out of control. But and you you are in favor of a moratorium on the other development, correct? Condo. And I have been talking about that for at least, I, I think maybe eight years, but for sure I'm confident in saying six that there needs to be some type of pause because it's just too much, too fast. And uh, again, if I showed you a map of what's being proposed. It's very aggressive, this development. And so we've exceeded the provincial growth targets over and over and over again that were laid out over a decade ago. I think we've exceeded them at least by the target by 50%. And so uh, people in this neighborhood are just fed up, and this has just created a firestorm. Uh, and uh, um, uh, is there a hope in heck that this might happen, that you might be able to get some relief? Well, I'll just tell you that I had, when Jennifer Keysmat was the chief planner, I had many meetings with Jennifer. And since she's been gone, I've met with Greg Lintern, the current chief planner. And it, this, so far, no, there's no hope. And so I met with the mayor uh, the day this incident happened. This happened at 10 o'clock. I was met with the mayor that afternoon, and we had a lengthy discussion about it. Um, I've also had just on the safety side conversations and meetings with the general manager of transportation to get some because this happened this this incident happened in my in my ward. Yep. So we are going to Libby push very aggressively for not a school crossing guard, but now we've stepped stepped that up to have paid duty because um, there's just too much construction, too many trucks. And Libby, when I was at the vigil last night, because after we did the press conference, we had a vigil, and um, it was very moving, and I met uh, the victim's sister. Oh. Uh, she is the only remaining relative in Canada, so now she's on her own. They live together, and she is beyond heartbroken, as you can imagine, but I um, was able to speak with her. But, you know, this is just unacceptable, and uh, we need to. We need immediate action. No more plans. No more petitions. No more uh, studies. We need action in this area. And I have said this till I'm blue in the face at council. And that's why you hear the frustration in my voice. This is not the first time we've talked about um, this. It's the it's the umpteenth. And every time, every time I tackle this, I say I, I'm really annoyed that we have to talk about this. Uh, I just want to just to hang on. I just want to take a couple of calls from people who've been waiting. We've got John in Aurora. Hello, John. Yes. How are you doing today? Fine. Go ahead. Okay. Myself, I've been a professional driver for almost 40 years. I got over 6 million accident-free miles or kilometers. I've been working the downtown core in construction, heavy equipment, heavy trucks, running concrete beginning of the year. And I have to say, I am tired of 
the truck, uh, it's always the trucks being bashed. Uh, when I, when I would go to work for a concrete company, I have to go through all sorts of safety training. They're doing everything to do everything as safely as possible. And, uh, where I was working, I mean, they're watching you with cameras and it's a case. What I see happening out there on the roads every day is general public doesn't pay attention to what's going on around them. They always figure all oh, big trucks slow so we can always beat them. And I have it on a daily basis. I'm being cut off to the point that I don't want to kill anybody. But the thing is, it's inevitable uh, with what when you get cut off, that big truck doesn't stop on a dime. Yeah, well, and, we're yeah, just we're talking about a pedestrian crossing at a at a crosswalk. We're not talking correct. about drivers cutting you off. So no, clearly, I'm aware of that. yeah, clearly, and and you're driving a big truck. I mean, congratulations to you for your safety record. But but clearly, there's a problem there. Oh, I understand there's a problem, but I, I think it's time that people take a look at both sides of the coin instead of just labeling us as being the uh, people out to kill everybody. Well, I, I, nobody, I, I, nobody, nobody is saying that. Um, John, thanks for your call. Uh, let's get to Kathy in Toronto. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Um, go ahead. You're on the air. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so I have a, uh, a comment with regards to the crosslink, gentlemen. So last year, um, I live near Kilnegrenton. So I was crossing at the corner of Kilnegrenton and the crosslinks are doing the, the, the construction there too. And I thought that I was very dangerous. It was very dangerous. I was taking my life in my hands. They had moved intersections. So the cars, when they were making the right hand turn, weren't seeing the pedestrians. And some of them literally had to slam on the brakes when they saw me. I was scared. So I called Crosslinks and I spoke to a gentleman. I explained what happened, and he said that uh, he was in the area and he spoke with school and businesses, and he didn't feel that that was a concern. Okay, so I thought about it and I said, "You're not taking me very seriously." So I emailed him uh, my concern by email, and uh, you no, know, stating to him that yes, maybe maybe they thought it wasn't a concern, but it was a concern. I was the only one crossing Kathy, that early in the morning. Uh, I explained to him. Kathy, I we're, Kathy, I'm, I'm they really... They a chance to review it, and Ka- they looked at the Kathy, setup, and they, Kathy, they saw two additional signs. Kathy, um, I'm, I'm very so sorry. The- Kathy, I'm very sorry uh, to cut you off, but we're, we're basically out of time on the show. I have to wrap things up. Uh, you, tomorrow is a free-for-all Friday, and, and we can talk to you a bit longer. I'm going to try to get a 30-second comment from Jamie Robinson, and thank you very much for your call. Okay, uh, Jamie, uh, 30 seconds to respond to Kathy and then another 30 seconds for Jay Robinson. Yeah, I, I think it's, as we've talked about here, we're, this is such a, such a uh, important complex issue. We're all, we've all got to work hard together to make sure that we're doing everything we possibly can to make these communities as safe, as safe as possible. There's a lot of players in this and Metrolinx is one and our constructors are others and we're happy to work with people. Uh, to, to, to roll up our sleeves to, to uh, do it, whatever measures can be taken to make things safe. Okay, Jay Robinson? Um, I couldn't really hear the caller, but I would just echo Jamie's comments in saying um, I think everybody's working collectively to do the best they can, but, you know, it's just the pressures. Just to speak to the truck driver for a minute, it's the pressures. There's such sheer volume and quantity, 
And it's the pressures in the area that are creating this aggressive driving and this aggression across the Young Eglinton Corridor. And across the whole city. Across the whole city, but we're seeing it um, I think, yes. So I think it's just so important that, uh, you know, the other thing I just want to add quickly, Libby, is people are saying trucks are parking on the sidewalks in these construction areas. I've moved motions on that. And we've, that's got to stop. That's pushing pedestrians out into the roadway. So I want to make that point as I wrap up. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously, we're going to have to talk about this very important issue again. Uh, callers, audience, tomorrow's free for all Friday. So please call back to talk about this again. Uh, we're just out of time for today. I'd like to thank Councillor Jay Robinson and Jamie Robinson from Metrolinx and all our other people that we were talking about. Uh, and uh, that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today. Thank you both. Thank you very much. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.